Hey everyone, I'm so excited to have our brilliant, our beautiful, very amazing Nicole Royer uh, for our uh, show today. Uh, she's an innovation consultant and she's helped, helped over 300 businesses and organizations. Um, her company, Innovation Revolution, has helped companies develop culture to support idea, build teams to brainstorm and test those ideas, then train on the best practices to turn ideas into customer solutions since 2018. So throughout her career, she started 12 businesses, selling four of them and manages three today, Innovation Revolution, Gene, which is an internet of things based home monitoring company, and Moms Who Game, an organization that make video gaming more accessible to moms with tutorials and reviews. So fun fact, best-selling author and Wall Street Journal cartoonist Stu Heineke called her Wonder Woman in his 2019 book, Get the Meeting, where he featured a case study on her method of depersonalization for marketing. So, so glad to have you here, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so welcome, everybody. I'm Nicole Royer. I'm going to be presenting on creating a culture for innovation. And let's get started. So who am I, um, you know, with, with my intro, pretty much the same. I'm Nicole Royer. I do own Innovative Revolution, Gene and Moms Who Game. And I am a consultant who has now helped over 350, I've updated that, um, businesses develop better culture and innovative processes. So I started back in 2003, working with startups and small businesses and transitioned my business in 2018 to be more focused on corporate innovation. So what is Innovative Revolution? We help companies develop culture to support ideas. We build teams to brainstorm and test those ideas. And we train on the best practices to turn those ideas into customer solutions. So let me go back to, oh, can't sh I can't share my screen right now. Oh, wait, let me, uh, can I make you a host? Yeah, perfect. Make you host, then you can, okay. Oh, great. All righty. Let me get back to my, my screen here. Alrighty, so the topics of this presentation, we are going to cover um, understanding culture. We're going to go through the innovative process. We're gonna talk about how does this work today? So with all of the changes over the past month, how do you build better culture and innovation with your teams? And then your action plan moving forward. So what is culture? Culture is that expectation about how work is done within your business. And I really like using this definition of culture because it, it really sets the tone with expectations. So you're setting that those goals and that um, those values for your employees about how work is done. So what your employees do and what that expectation is for your customers. And one really big mistake that a lot of companies make with culture is that they treat it like it's something that's really soft or fluffy. Um, and they, they kind of pass it off as maybe like an HR role. And HR is wonderful. But um, culture should really be managed, um, as well as innovation, by operations. Because um, you're, you're focusing on the results and the foundation, um, you know, the foundation that build the results for your customers and your employees. So um, like I said, this really falls under operations a little bit more than human resources. So there are three types of culture um, that I've, I've discovered with working with my clients. The first is culture by default. And this is what happens when a company starts, they hire some staff, and then they just run into operation mode. They don't really define the culture 
and it's it's not published it's not on purpose it's very much so by accident so whatever happens with that you know those early hires really is adapted for the the that culture for the business and it often doesn't support success because it's not intentional you're not um thinking through hiring processes by do people fit into the culture do people fit into the teams are they complementary to the people that already exist mm -hmm. So the second one that I've identified is culture by drill. And you see this a lot in the military and a lot in schools. So these are the buildings that you walk into. They have a lot of little keywords all over the walls. And if you talk to anybody within the building, they know all of those words. They've seen them every day. They've been drilled into their mind. Um, so this is a specific set of guidelines and words and everybody's expected to know them. The problem is that people aren't learning these values or these words by modeling. They're learning them by rote or by drill. So it leads to a negative environment because our brains naturally don't want to be told how to act and what to do and um, the specific words that we're supposed to abide by. We need a little bit of flexibility, um, a little bit of autonomy. And, and this really leads to high turnover and, and a really poor um, work environment for a lot of people. The ideal culture is culture by design. And this is ideal because everybody understands and lives the guidelines, and it's obvious from an outsider's point of view what the company stands for. This isn't where the company, um, the employees in the company know or can really tell you exactly what the key to their success is, but the reality is that it's been modeled and they're exhibiting it. So this is the best model for culture and behavior. It's very intentional. The, the higher-ups and the first hires are very intentional about what this culture looks like. So they're, you know, they're creating the right environment and they're creating the right teams that operate within this culture. So why does culture matter? Um, it allows employees to contribute more. You have lower um, turnover. You have better coworker relationships, which is really important, especially when we get into the next topic. Um, the service creates happy customers. So you, you have better customer service and happier customers that builds more loyalty. And when you have the right culture, especially a culture by design, it boosts internal opportunities for innovation. So what is innovation? So innovation is, is simply, it's turning ideas into internal and external solutions. So we, we like to start from trouble points when we're talking about innovation. And, and we, we think about what are the problems internally in our company that we can fit, you know, fix. And then what are the external solutions? What are the problems that our customers are facing that we can create solutions to? So innovation should actually be a part of every single um, part of the company. And, and you should have some like a team or a few teams within the company or within departments that really manage those ideas and really lead the innovative process for the entire company. Yes. Absolutely. So here's, Here's the innovative process. So I follow the sprint method um, and we start out with ideation and idea generation. And we're starting from solving a specific problem. So again, we think through when we're, when we're doing brainstorming or ideation, what problems exist. So if I'm working with a company that is okay venturing outside of what they currently do to, to maybe bring in new lines of business or create a new company altogether, we can toy around with what is an experience that you had with a product or service that really made you feel unhappy. It, it wasn't right. Um, that's a good place to start for building a business. If I'm working with a company that wants to stay within the same realm of business, 
then we look at what problems are happening internally that we can put solutions to. So we um, idea or ideate and brainstorm problems that exist in the building, or we look outside of the building. What problems do our customers have that we're currently not meeting? Next, we narrow down those ideas. Um, when we do brainstorming, we, there are no bad ideas. I try to teach people not to edit their thinking so that we get more ideas to work from. You can t do a lot with a bad idea. You can always take a bad idea and turn it into a good idea. You can do nothing with no ideas. So when we're narrowing down those ideas, we're trying to figure out what are the viable solutions? What are the solutions where we know a little bit more information about, we have the resources available to us to solve these problems, um, and then we, we narrow it down. The next thing we do is really identify the target audience for solving that problem and make sure that we understand them and exactly how this solves their problems. So we wanna make sure that we have an appropriate problem solution match, meaning we understand their problem and we know exactly how our solution solves it. Um, the next thing we do is create that MVP or minimum viable product. Um, you've also heard it called a prototype. And with that, we need to identify what feedback we need from that audience in order to know whether we're successful. So we need to create, you know, if we can't create the physical product, we need to create a model of it. We need to create a one page flyer. We need to create a, a website that they can browse or something that, that really allows the target audience to understand what, what the solution is and how it solves their problem. And then, like I said, we need to understand what information do we need from them to know that we're on the right track. Um, the next thing is really testing that idea. So um, for, most, for most ideas that we're testing, I try to find five prospects that fit that target audience, and we do a live interview with them. If we have a physical prototype, we allow them to manip manipulate it and see if it solves their problem. If we have more of a concept, we run them through that process, and then we interview them with the feedback that we need to understand. The next step is analyzing that feedback. So we need to determine whether that test was successful. We need to understand whether, you know, at the end of the day, if this were available today, would they buy it? If the answer is yes, we know we're on the right track. If the answer is no, we need, we need to rework some things. And even sometimes if we have some yeses and not enough yeses, we know we still need to go back to the drawing board. So that next step is really reworking that MVP and prototype and then repeating the process. And in that, we also need to determine what other feedback do we need to know in order to understand what that next step will be or what, what feedback we need to know whether we'll be more successful next time. Mm -hmm. Once we have that successful idea, we can start to create that launch strategy, which means we create a reverse timeline from when we want to launch and we figure out how much time we need to really build out the product to make sure that it is um, everything that it needs to be. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect but um, we need it to be functional. Um, we need to know what information we need to understand about our audience. So there's more research that needs to happen. And then we need to have some sort of sales and marketing processes in place to launch the, the solution. Then we launch the solution. We make it available to potential customers and we get feedback. So a lot of companies you'll hear, this is their beta testing. So alpha testing normally in-house, beta testing, they normally have a live audience of their target audience testing and giving them feedback along, you know, whatever timeline they think they need in order to know whether or not they're on the right track mm -hmm. and to work out some bugs. And then finally, once you've launched, 
you have happy customers, you need to determine what, what your next step is for growth. So with any business, you don't want to just release something and let it um, grow stale. You want to figure out what's needed next. What is that next step? And especially for most businesses, what is that next step that's needed to scale up? So like I said, this is our process that we run through with all of our clients. Um, and why does this matter right now? So like I said, this is a really tricky time. A lot of companies that I've worked with um, are struggling. I've worked with a lot of small businesses that we've had to go through their crisis management scenarios, um, update their target personas because three weeks ago, their client needed this solution to solve their problem and their situation changed. We have a lot of companies that are now um, experiencing remote work for the first time for their um, workforce. So this is making it a really, really difficult time to manage a business and to really focus on culture and innovation. A lot of companies are trying to focus on status quo. Um, the reality is when things get back to business as usual, we're gonna have two different scenarios. We're gonna have scenario one, where we have companies that are trying to go back to the way that they did business before coronavirus. And the reality is those businesses will fail. They're not adapting to the, the new information. They're not adapting to their employees' capabilities. Um, and realistically, they probably didn't have the culture to really sustain them anyways. The companies that will come out of this that do really well have more trust in their employees. They are allowing their employees to be more autonomous and, and make a little bit more um, room for, for their own ideas or to do work in their own way, which is going to mean that when they come back, they're, they're ready for culture and innovation if they're not already doing it. So during a crisis, create a rally cry. So this is great. I follow a lot of Patrick Munchoni um, and the table group philosophies for business. Mm -hmm. And in, in today's situation, what companies need to be doing is empowering their employees with information. And they need to make sure that everybody understands the number one main goal of the company today. And then it's the manager's job to, to make their employees understand how you're a part of that goal. Um, when you have that rallying cry and you're, you're getting everybody around one point, it really does create a unifying um, atmosphere and culture for your employees so that they know their value, um, which is really important at a time like this. The next thing for, for especially executive management to understand is it's a good time to be direct, but empathetic. Um, this works not only internally with your team, your employees, but also your customers. If you can come out of this and you're over communicating the important details to your customers and your staff, and you're making sure that you're sending a cohesive message that is calm and collected, you're going to be seen as an authority. Um, right now, we're, we're seeing the results of emotional speaking. We're seeing the results of disorganized thinking. We're seeing the results of mixed messages. And that's really, it makes people really uneasy. Yeah. So as an executive, as a business owner, if you communicate with your team and your customers, and you are really drilling the important details right now, you're going to think you sounds like, an like a broken record, but it's really important right now to make sure that you're being clear. Um, and also, like I said, this helps the message to stick. You say it a few different ways, people learn a few different ways. So you're not going to be a broken record. Um, and like I said earlier, this will change business forever. 
the way that um, businesses have had to sh so quickly shift mm -hmm. their business in order to stay, yeah. you know, operating means that um, there are going to be a lot of shifts coming up still. But when companies try to go back to business as usual, they're going to have employees that have new skill sets, more autonomous work, the ability to manage their own schedule, the ability to work with flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, so for businesses, they, they need to build stronger teams with regular activities right now. Um, you know, do some online team building. There are some great programs and I have um, a lot of ideas that I can share with companies if they're interested. Yes, Allow your, your employees flexibility in their duties and constantly ask for feedback and ideas. Check in, be empathetic. It's okay if you check in and say, how are you doing today? Yeah. How is your family doing today? Yeah. your dog today because what you're doing is you're creating a lot more trust within your organization and that's really going to be like i said the companies that make it through this they're going to make it through this because they have a lot more trust <laughs> so getting to the point of how i can help so number one i offer a free one-hour consultation you can go to calendly.com innovative revolution um no space i actually it looks like i put a space in there there's no space um, to grab time on my calendar. There's also a link on the Innovative Revolution website. Awesome. Um, starting tomorrow and running every other Wednesday until people get sick of this idea, um, I'm holding a, a C-suite innovation chat. So this is going to be on Zoom at 9 a.m. You can find more, or more information at innovativerevolution.com slash C-suite. This is a free chat open to anybody who is um, in the C-suite or executive management where we're going to talk about culture and innovation best practices and what we're doing to build stronger companies. Um, and then the last thing that I can do is I can host a virtual innovation day for your team. I have information at innovativerevolution.com slash innovation slash day. Um, I, I worked out this, this whole workshop. It's an eight hour workshop. I'm working through creating an online educational platform for innovation day so that we can really get the same results even with a remote team. So if this is something that you're looking at, how to, how to really build strength within your team, how to build a better culture within your organization, this is a really good time, especially if your business is seeing a slowdown. It's always a great time for professional development. You want your team to come back stronger than ever after this. So definitely reach out to me if you think Innovation Day may be a solution for you. Awesome. To get in contact with me in the future, my website is innovativerevolution.com. You can schedule a call with me at that link, calendly.com slash innovativerevolution. Um, and then you can email me at nicole at innovativerevolution.com anytime. And I will get back to you within one business day. And then I don't know if we have any questions, but if we have questions, I'm available. Awesome. You are great. I think it's so needed that you're doing this right now. Um, so, you know, thank you so much for sharing with us, like how companies can, you know, team build online. I think those are awesome resources. Definitely guys check out Nicole, um, for her, uh, you know, scheduling call. Uh, she's so gracious and so kind to be able to offer her expertise because we're just sharing a little bit of a story about how you basically save this man's life. Um, and, uh, you know, right now we really need people like you to, you know, basically, uh, save the businesses, make sure that we're going in the right direction. 
um, so that we can come out on the other side. Um, so thank you so much, Nicole. You were so amazing. You helped me out so much in the summit. Uh, you're a pivotal part of it. Uh, I really appreciate it and hope to have you on uh, future uh, shows to come. Of course. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me as a part of this organization, the summit. Um, it's been a, a great experience so far. And if you're tuning into this, we still got a few more days to so make sure you come back tomorrow at five o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Eastern. Um, we still have what four more speakers after me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So come back. Awesome. Thank you so much. And again, check her out, um, get her great expertise. Because uh, who knows, you might be super booked up by the end of this. I mean, you guys want to make sure you grab it. Uh, thank you so much, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.